Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Let's talk about some tennis. Last week, I talked a little bit about Wimbledon and everything that happened on the grass court of Wimbledon. Another grass court tournament happened this week, which we'll get to in a little bit, which is kind of the wrap on the grass court swing. And now we're getting into the hard court season. It's hard to believe it's already the end of July, and what's next is the U.S. Open. We're a little bit over a month away from the U.S. Open. There's some interesting things happening on the hardcourt season already, but there's a little bit of room, a little gap here for some players to do a couple different things before they really get into the hardcourt swing that really happens and starts so soon. There's a couple tournaments this week, and then next week is when the hardcourt swing really gets going. It starts in Washington, D.C., which is where the first tournament will be, and then it will go to... Toronto, and then it'll go to Cincinnati, and then it'll go to Winston-Salem, and then it'll go to New York for the U.S. Open. So a lot of tournaments, a lot of things to look forward to in the American swing, and the North American swing, I should say, of the hard court season to get to New York and the U.S. Open. But right now we're going to focus on just kind of the last things to happen here before that starts, which is a few tournaments overseas and then a big tournament right here in America, which is the Hall of Fame tournament. So we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But I do want to start in Sweden because I think this was the best tournament over the last week. It's the Nordia Open. It's in Bastad, Sweden. And there were some decent names in this one. Out of all the tournaments this week, I think this had the best names. The number one seed, Kasper Rude, playing at the top of this list. And then at the very bottom, it's Andre Rublev. Some good names mixed in here. Francisco Serendolo, Alexander Sferov mixed in there a little bit. Uh, you got Sebastian Baez was mixed in there. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Lorenzo Musetti maybe would be a, another big name. But these are 250s, so these aren't necessarily massive tournaments. And there's a lot of them going on at once. So... Players have to pick and choose what they want to do. And then there was also something happening in L.A. that was kind of an exhibition, which I'll get to here in a second. So players are kind of all over the place. Some of them want to rest after Wimbledon. Some of them want to get right back into it, depending on what their run was at Wimbledon and in, on grass over the last month. So not a lot of these tournaments are, you know, stacked with really big name players, but there's, you know, good players that are sprinkled in here and there in these 250s and 500s over the next couple of weeks. We're starting here, though, 
in Sweden, and this one goes exactly how you'd think it'd go. The number one seed, Kasper Ruud, makes it to the final, then Andre Rublev makes it to the final. The cool part about this one, and Kasper Ruud has been playing well, but Andre Rublev gets a win. I, you know, I like both these guys. I think they both play great tennis. I think they both have a great game, and so not necessarily rooting for or against them, but either of these guys getting a title I think is good for the game because they do work so hard, and they seem to be right there and so close in so many tournaments and championships. And so each time, you know, Rublev or Rude can get something, that's a good sign. That is Rublev's second title of 2023. He beats Rude in the final in this one in straight sets, and that is his second title here in 2023. Rublev also won the Monte Carlo uh, clay tournament, if you remember, and then comes and beats Rude here in Bastad to win on clay again. He seems to play really well on clay. Uh, you know, I don't know if it necessarily caters to his game. Maybe this amount of spin on his forehand helps him a lot. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, say that he's a heavyweight spin hitter like Rafa is. And I don't know how consistent he can be over, you know, five sets. That's why I wouldn't necessarily put Rublev in as a huge clay court guy, but he seems to win on clay. So he's doing something right. I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't looked much into it, but I haven't figured it out yet. So uh, the success that Rublev has had on clay is nothing to bat an eye at. I think I think he's done really well on clay. It's fun to watch him on clay. I, I just don't understand how he wins so much on clay. Not That's not a bash towards Rublev. I just haven't looked at it well enough. You look at guys like Rafa and like Carlos Alcaraz and even guys like uh, Rude that can be so consistent on clay and in the sport, you'd expect them to be really, really good on clay, and you know why they're good on clay. I can't figure it out with Rublev, but that sounds like my problem, not his. Congrats on another title, Andre Rublev. Awesome to see him succeed on tour for sure. Let's come back here to the States where it's the uh, Hall of Fame Open that is in Newport, which is in the United States. So the top seed in this one, Tommy Paul. A lot of Americans playing this one. John Isner always seems to have a really good run at this tournament, and he's in this draw as well. Maxim Cressy. Uh, you look at guys like Steve Johnson, and then you get to the bottom, and Manorino, Adrian Manorino, is the second seed. Liam Brody's in this tournament. A lot of guys didn't that didn't make a huge run. Um, at Wimbledon, come on over here to get one more shot at grass before the end of the season. But this one always seems to be popular up in the northeast part of the United States just because it is on grass in the U.S. and it's right after Wimbledon. So that, or it's like, yeah, it's right after Wimbledon. So that hype of grass is still very much in the air and it's for the Hall of Fame. So all the, all the, all the more to get out there and support it and have fun. Mackenzie McDonald in this draw as well. Tommy Paul makes it to the, uh, quarterfinals, and that is where he runs into John Isner. John Isner's been a weapon at this tournament for so many years. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, because that means he's out of uh, of Wimbledon, but he's won Newport uh, one, two, three, four, four times. He's won Newport four times in his career, so he has been so good at this tournament. It seems like almost a home tournament for him. He beats Tommy Paul in the quarterfinals, and then he goes on to the semifinals, and he loses to Alex Mickelson. Alex Mickelson is an American. He's 18 years old. He's so young, and he's just getting on tour. His career high is 140 in the world right now. He's 140 in the world. That's his career high. He's slowly moving up the ranks. He seemed to be you know, just having fun, seeing what's going on at this tournament, and then he's just found success which is not surprising, but also when new guys get on tour and new guys start making a name for themselves, 
this is how they do it. It's at smaller tournaments, and they make a real run. And he made a real run, making it to the title, the championship match here in Newport. And so that's why I like some of these smaller tournaments because you get a chance to really find out who some of these other players are that might not you know, be on your radar when it comes to Grand Slams and Masters 1000s, right? Alex Mickelson, obviously, not a lot of people know who he is because he's 140 in the world, and that's his highest ranking. I believe he was above 200 before this. Uh, I saw some of his matches, some of his interviews seem to be just having fun, out there having fun, uh, trying to do his best, which is always good to see in the sport of tennis. And he has a great tournament, makes it all the way to the final here in Newport. Unfortunately for him, he runs into Adrian Manorino, who's the two seed here. And Manorino finishes this one off in two sets to win his third career title and second career title on grass. Now, he won Winston-Salem last year in 2022. Uh, in 2023 here, he got a title. And in 2019, he has a title. So two on grass, one on hard court. It's no secret that Manorino plays really well on grass. He played really well against Federer at Wimbledon a few years back on grass. I thought he was going to beat him, and I believe he had to retire because of an injury he got on grass. But he played really, really well against Roger Federer on grass, which, you know, he I think had Roger. I think Roger was a little bit nervous. It seemed like he was a little bit nervous there because he was almost getting beat by Manorino. But that's the type of player that Manorino can be on grass, and he proved it to be in Newport at the Hall of Fame Open. One more tournament to get to here that was going on over the last week or so, and that is one that's going on in Switzerland. That is the Swiss Open that happened in Gstaad, I believe is how you say it in Switzerland. Like I said, another 250, so not a lot of huge names in this tournament, just a few. Top seed was Roberto Batista Agut. Second seed was... Uh, Kitschmanovic, and then you got guys filling in here like uh, Lorenzo Sinego, Fabio Fagnini, uh, Dominic Team, Alexandre Mueller. So there's good good guys in this tournament. You got Stan Vavrinka working up there as an unseeded player. And uh, Pedro Cachin goes on to win this tournament. A great win for him, honestly, and his route to the final. He is 49 in the world, 28 years old. Uh, that is his first ever career title on tour. Outstanding, and it was on clay, so good for him. Uh, Kachin wins this tournament. There were some good guys in there. Like he, he had to beat some legit guys. He had to beat the top seed Roberto Batista Agut in the first round, and then he had to go beat uh, Ramos Vanillas in the championship. So, like I said, tournaments like this give guys like Kachin and Albert Ramos Vanillas a chance to really shine. Because there's not as many great players in it, but they get a chance to win a title. And that's the biggest part of their career is winning titles, even if it is a 250. Winning 250s are hard, no matter who's in it. You still have to win a lot of matches. You still have to beat quality guys. And for Kachin to win here, awesome to see. Let's move on. I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. There's this thing called the Ultimate Tennis Showdown, and it was in L.A. over this last weekend. And it's a round-robin thing, and then I think it goes to maybe a final or something and some guy can someone can win it with the most points and or there's a first part of it and the second part of it or something it looks like uh looks like Wu Yabing won this one with 21 points it's interesting there's one in LA there's one in Frankfurt and they're going to keep going on but they give all these guys nicknames it's more of just an entertainment thing uh Francis Tiafo, Guy Monfils, uh Yabing was in it uh, Bino Pierre was in it. Uh, Taylor Fritz, Ben Shelton, Alexander Bublik. 
Diego Schwartzman. These guys were all in it, and it's pretty much like an entertainment thing that they played over the last few weeks. This is what I was talking about when players can kind of just go do their own thing at this point a little bit until they get to the hardcore swing, and these guys wanted to come to America, spend some time in America before you know the hardcore swing that starts in Washington, D.C. So just a little something they do. The Ultimate Tennis Showdown is what it's called, I believe. UTS, it was in L.A. It says it's going to be in Frankfurt at some point this year. Weird scoring. The court didn't have doubles alleys, so it looked a little weird, but it looked like fun. That's what happened this week. Don't know much about it, but one of those entertainment things. Good for the sport because L.A. really doesn't get much tennis out there other than uh, Palm Springs and Indian Wells happens, you know, an hour or some change away. But good for L.A. to get some tennis because New York gets it all. And hopefully they enjoyed it and hopefully they get a tournament out there. I'd love to see a tournament in L.A. And we're moving on. Let's go to a thing called the Hopman Cup. The Hopman Cup, I believe, is teams. And it's from countries and it's just two people. So like France has a team, Spain has a team, uh, Switzerland has a team, Denmark has a team, Belgium, Croatia, right? And you play as teams. I believe it's singles men, singles female, and then I think it's mixed doubles, right? France, you know, you got uh, Alizé Cornet and Richard Gasquet, and then Spain, you actually have Carlos Alcaraz. This was Carlos Alcaraz's first event since winning Wimbledon. And I was excited to watch him play. I was interested in watching him play. Uh, the funny thing is he showed up with a nice little fade. I don't know. Sorry, not funny, but uh, wins Wimbledon with a little scruffy beard and a scruffy haircut. And after Wimbledon comes back to this tournament with a sick fade. I thought it was awesome. But it's interesting because this was on clay. So he went straight from grass to clay, and he was awesome to watch. He beat David Goffin in a, in a match. Uh He's just so, so good, and to see him bounce back so fast after Wimbledon and get to play here, even though he didn't really, I don't want to say he didn't have to, but it's not like he was going into a big tournament. He's going in the Hopman Cup. I thought it was awesome to see him out there repping his home country of Spain. Uh, Holger Rune was there for uh, Denmark. Uh, David Gaffin and Elise Mertens were Belgium, and then Croatia was Borna Cioric and Dana Vekic. So, spoiler alert, Dana Vekic and Borna Cioric win this one. Uh, they do win it for, a Cro for Croatia. Good to see Dana Vekic playing really good tennis again because uh, she got hurt there for a while, and I think she was out for a little bit, but seems to be back in the swing of things, which is awesome to see. Uh, but that's the Hopman Cup, and that's what else happened over the last week or so. I do want to get to some news. Uh, Michael Eimer is uh, world number 51, has been banned 18 months after missing three out-of-competition doping tests. Uh, it said the decision came from the CAS after it partially upheld an appeal from the ITF. Uh, he went to Twitter to say his side of the story. There's been a few of these. I think Jensen Brooksby kind of got caught in one of these before. So uh, he said, the ITF charged me with potential anti-doping rule violation for having three missed out-of-competition test attempts in the 12-month period. I fought that charge at the hearing and was cleared. He said he was cleared by, uh, by an independent uh, tribunal, three arbitrators of June 2022. Sorry, I'm trying to like read through this a little bit. Uh, he says that he understands these rules have been put in place to protect the integrity of our sport, and they're there for a reason. However, I do not believe I broke these rules, and my uh, conscience is clear. And so, interesting, 18 months is a long time. There must be something in there that is pretty serious. Jensen Brooksby, kind of the same thing, it seemed like. So that's what's going on with Michael Eimer. 
And lastly, in today's episode, it looks like Novak Djokovic has withdrawn from the tournament that is in Canada, the National Bank Open, which I believe is the Masters 1000 event that is in Toronto. Interesting, interestingly enough that he has withdrawn from this, it makes you think that he's just more focused on winning Grand Slams. Now, it says in this release that he has stepped out because of fatigue. You know, maybe he is tired. This might be the first sign of showing that Novak Djokovic is getting older. However, on the flip side of that, is he just going for Grand Slams? I think so. I think at this point in his career, he's like, I don't need to play all these little events. I'm going to win Grand Slams. What's more important, a Masters 1000 or a Grand Slam? So he's going to New York. He's going to win New York. I know he wants New York, and I believe that's what he's gunning for right now. Appreciate you listening. We got through a lot in this episode. We'll get through a little bit more next week on what's going on. Atlanta is happening. That's always a great tournament here in the United States. There's some fun things happening in the sport of tennis, and we'll get to a little bit more news next time. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you next week. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.